As many of you know, a couple weeks ago, uh, we had a missions teams from all around come, including our own. And so Alan headed up a lot of what happened. So we want to hear and we want to praise God for what he did a couple of weeks ago. And so they're here to share a testimony with us. And so uh, give him a warm greeting and let's listen up. All right, so yes, as Shane said, we had a vacation Bible school slash many other things that you're going to hear about going on uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, we, we do have some slides if we can start to pull those up, um, but we had 95 volunteers from five different states show up, which was amazing. This is like the, the biggest group that we've had so far. Um, as you can see, there was that was no small part of our addition to it. We, we have a lot of people. This is the biggest group that we've had here from Riverton as well. We had nine students. There are a few that aren't able to be here this morning, KJ, Kyrie, Josie, and Amaya. Uh, so this should even stretch out even a little bit further. Uh, but we all gathered here during the week. Um, and if we can get those slides, those are my reminders on what to talk about. But we started to gather here. And so there you can see the whole crew. And next slide. Um, we had so many people here that we set up tents in the front grass. If you got, any of you drove by during the week, you would have seen that. That's an aerial view looking down at some of that. Then we kind of had the rest of the people camping in the downstairs area. And so it was really gracious. Thank you for being uh, First Baptist Church for being the host for that. They gave their thanks in many, many times in many different ways. One of the ways they wanted to say thanks is instead of us having to, to bear the the, the literal weight of carrying out all the pews, they helped to take them down, uh, store them away, and bring in all of these chairs and set them up. And so that was just a, a thank you to you guys for, what, for hosting us. Um, downstairs got quite full, um, but we have an awesome team of different people that come and have all the food prepared. It's really, we're just able to focus on serving, and so it worked out really smoothly that way. We had great times of gathering together in worship. Every morning we had devotionals so that we were prepared, and the, all of the students, I mean, are prepared for whatever's going to happen during that day. And then we have debriefing times in the evening, get to say what worked, what didn't work, but what did God do today? What did you see God doing today? And that's something that they're going to answer for themselves here in a little bit as we finish explaining all this. So the VBS sites looked roughly something like this. And we had tents, we had tables, and it was outdoor VBS, wind or rain or whatever it was. Thankfully, it didn't rain during it. It was amazing. There were several times that at our site, and I think I heard about that at other sites, we saw the clouds just right around us. And it's like, okay, thank you, God. We get to just keep on doing VBS, so thanks for preparing the way for us. But we did uh, story times where we got to share the gospel, and we had times where we got to eat snacks, and we got to play all kinds of really fun games, and there was Henry uh, swinging a bat with a kid, or the or kid singing a bat at Henry. I'm not quite sure in this picture, um, but lots of fun, lots and lots of fun, and we did that in a bunch of different places. We had six different VBS sites this year. Um, so far, we've had five, and this year we had, were able to add a sixth one because we had so many volunteers. Um, also, in part, because we were able to add that sixth site, but also just because of, I think it's God's hand and God's provision. Uh, the first year, we had 60 kids, so not volunteer students, but kids that came to the VBSs. Last year, we had 110. This year, we had 154. And so, praise God, there were so many kids that came. 
Um, we also, this was a really generous and really amazing thing. We were able to partner up with Ron Lay, um, with Gail and Cindy Moravic, and uh, they, they are with the Gideons. And Ozzy came out, thank you. I, I was actually going to ask and forgot who else was a part of that team. So um, they came out and they handed out Bibles and there were 138 Bibles handed out that particular day. So praise God for that as well. And thank you Gideons for, for your partnership there. At each of the sites, we also do something. This is just one example. Um, at each of the sites, we had someone who's local from here in Riverton. So that when we go to do follow-up, it's not like, oh, well, all those Californians, you know what I mean, all left, and they, they just abandoned us. But we're all the locals here. And so a number of us adults are the ones that were one of the ones that were stationed at each of the different VBS sites so that we're going to be able to go and do follow-up. We already started that process, and we're going to keep on doing that throughout the next weeks. Kurt was the one out at Trout Creek. Uh, next slide. And so it was an amazing time. Um, one of the amazing things that we also saw that, uh, that happened is that there were 27 kids that said they wanted to follow Christ this week. Amen. So praise God for that. Um, I can't judge a, a kid's heart. I, I don't know how authentic each of them are, but if it, even some of them are authentic, and I'm going to let God sort that out, then there's going to be life change for many kids. So uh, we'll keep on going. Another cool thing that we got to add this year is that there is actually a fellow missionary with Missions Door, like Miriam and I. He lives up in Powell, Wyoming, and he does outdoor ministry with Native American kids, teenagers primarily. So some of the kids that were too old to be in BBS got to go out and hang out with him. And you can tell that they had a rough day fish in there. Um, only 21 fish. They, they felt skunked. No. Um, they had a great time. They, they got, did do devotionals uh, every day. And um, three of the kids, one of the kids said that he wanted to rededicate his life to Christ. And two of the other boys said that they wanted to give their life to Christ. So praise God for that, too. So, yeah, that was awesome. Another thing that we did, and Kim's going to probably be able to speak on this a little bit more. She was the site contact for this, but uh, we had a crew that went out and did cleanup just to kind of bless the Arapahoe community. So they were at the tribal housing. They cleared out the area, added rocks. Um, they also went to uh, different yards and cleaned up their, their yards, and that's not always easy, and I bet the, the mowers got their, their – uh, uh, are due for their maintenance at this point. Um, but it was really great, and um, just to, to be able to make connections in the community with adults was also really important to us. Another thing that happened, is, and this was also kind of a newer thing for us, is there was uh, a group crew. Uh, Ray here kind of was the site contact for us on that, and at one of the sites where Miriam and I do weekly Bible studies with a, a family that has a real heart to reach their whole, whole community for Christ, their home just needed some sprucing up. Their, their flooring was coming apart. They needed some doors replaced. Uh, they needed some holes in the walls patched up. And so Ray and this crew that you see here um, did it. They, they replaced five doors. They, they replaced a, a living room um, uh, and kitchen flooring, baseboards, and patched all those holes. All in, all, and took out, disassembled and helped to take out the pews all in one week. So God, just praise God for all the stuff that they did. It was awesome. And then the thing that, it's kind of my God thing that I saw this week, and they're going to get to talk about the God, things they saw God do, was, was the connections that were made. 
um, the, 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 the lady who's the hostess for one of our home churches, our house churches, um, got to connect and just know and feel loved and supported. Um, also, there was the, the family uh, that we helped to replace the floor and fix up their house for. And then connections were made. It's like, hey, my aunt or uncle lives closer to this uh, house church, and they live closer to this Bible study, and so they're trying to figure out, and, and so God's building these things up through the networking connections that are happening here, which is super encouraging to us. And then uh, here's our crew. I mean, you see us here, but I just want to take the time and pass the microphone, and, and I said give about a 30-second, what did God see, what did you see God do during this week? What's one big thing you saw God do? Uh, if it's a, a little more or a little less, we won't criticize you. But you get to start, Ray, and we're just going to go down around the horn. All right. Um, yeah, so I guess one of the big things for me was, um, well, I guess kind of two things. One one major thing that the Lord is speaking to me is just, um, you know, I've, he, he gifted me with a lot of experience in many different areas of trades and stuff, and I think that what he's saying to me is it's time to it's time to share that, time to pass that on. It's not just for you. Um, and uh, I got the opportunity to do that with, um, you know, we had a couple of guys who were experienced in trades helping on the construction project. And we had uh, two uh, teenagers, uh, both from California, that uh, that's that seems to be their, their gifting, what they're good at. You know, some of us are good at doing things, fixing, building, all that kind of stuff. Some of us are good at teaching and sharing and encouraging and things like that, you know, and, and, um, uh, I guess just that, you know, the, the body's made up of many members, you know, and, and they're all important. Um, and just, uh, the opportunity to, to show the teenagers that, you know, that's, that's your gifting and you can use it in that way. You can use it to glorify God for, for his kingdom. Um, so, that that was pretty good, and then just at the end of the project, when the family came into their house after we were all done, just their um, excitement and uh, the joy that was on their face that now they've got a comfortable place to invite people into and to share the gospel in their community was pretty awesome. I'm going to take this moment to to just say on behalf of Josie and Amaya and Kyrie and KJ. KJ actually has a video clip for us in a second, but they did amazing. Uh, they talked about things they saw God doing in their life, saw God doing as they got to share the gospel. And so get a, take a chance to talk to Kyrie, Josie, and Amaya about that as well. But could we just play that video clip from uh, KJ as well? Hi, guys. I was told that I needed to say something about something godly that happened during the week. And, well... Something godly I saw was how the kids had their connection with us, with God, over the entire week. And I just say that's something amazing. Anyway, bye. So that's cool. It's a little hard to hear through the speaker system, but he said he, what he saw that it was amazing is how the, the us, he said we, we're able to make connection with the kids and how the kids were able to make a connection with God during the whole week. So I have two things. Um, I was out at Wind River Estates, which is actually in town. Um, 
The first thing, there was a little boy named Dylan, and he was four, and he did not want to have anything to do with what we were doing. Um, he came every day, and he stood outside the fence. And anytime one of our leaders or one of our teens tried to go talk to him, he would actually tell them, please don't talk to me. Please leave me alone now. <laughs> and um, Wednesday, I got a feeling that, you know, this little boy, he is trying to reach out. And so what I did is I went and I just sat right inside the fence about 10 feet from him. And I prayed out loud. I talked about the clouds. I talked to him. And at one point he said, can you just leave me alone now? And I said, you know, I'm going to sit here because it's shady and it's hot over where the other kids are. But I won't talk to you anymore. I'll just sit here. And about 15 minutes later, I got up and walked away. And he, five minutes after that, he walked into the fence and joined everybody. And his brother, Marcelino, is actually one of the kids that accepted Christ this week. And he expressed that um, he wanted to come to church. And we gave his mom Alan's contact and where we're at. Yeah, and the church contact, so that was a good connection for us. Um, the second one happened on Friday, the last day, and I think a lot of us saw it as a really great God moment. Um, we were all, we had finished devotionals, we were all kind of just milling around, um, and a father locally, he actually, his parents live over on Sierra, and he showed up with five kids in his van, and he was kind of overwhelmed and lost. And the men that were here just enveloped the father and just took him aside and talked to him, and we got all the girls, um, four girls and one little boy. We got all the girls something to eat, and the teens just glommed onto the, to that family. They started braiding their hair and talking to them, and... I think it was the first time in a long time that the 12-year-old, the oldest, had been a kid. And um, I actually drove all the kids. Um, the father agreed to let us take the kids to VBS, and I drove all of them out there, and they all had a blast. And, like, amen, God. kids, and um, I think that they all like to be there, and they all had a lot of fun, and a lot of them came to Christ, and yeah. So my job this year, as Alan was saying, was working on the um, yard crew and um, being a local contact for that. And we did a lot of mowing and a lot of sweating. And um, we, uh, I had a great crew. Um, they were fantastic. They really 
it really just showed the love of the Lord um, and went above and beyond. And I was so grateful for that. Um, we had some good connections and speaking with some of the elderly out there because um, we did a retirement community first. Um, the thing that for me was the best part of the week is seeing these young faces grow. I mean, this is our future, guys, right here. Like, we need to be discipling. We need to invest. We need to be praying for them. They were amazing. I mean, not a lot of kids will give up a week of their summer or their jobs or whatnot to go out and share the gospel. So for me, it was amazing to see each one of them grow, each one of them just come out of their shells, each one of them pray for the kids that were just like on their heart every night. That part was just tremendous for my spirit. So that's what I'm grateful for. Um. My cup is really full this morning, so I'm going to try to keep it together. It's coming out my eyes. <laughs> um, so first, um, so I sub at Wyoming Indian Schools. Um, it's just a way to kind of be strategic in building relationships with kids and um, getting to know families out there. And uh, the site that I'm on, Mill Creek, has a ton of my students. And, man, God just really opened the doors wide to, like, really – deepen relationships and connections with those kids, um, like walking away feeling like we were more like friends, and I'm just like, oh, the substitute teacher, so that was really cool, and um, and a couple of those kids gave their lives to Christ um, that week, and then also we had two teenage boys uh, from Colorado give their lives to Christ, and one of our teen leaders prayed with them. And it was just really powerful watching them all pray together. They were in a circle with their arms around each other. And um, Matthew, the teen, teen leader, walked away from the group and went to the truck. And he came back with his own personal leather Bible. And he opened it up and he wrote the boys' names in it and the date that they got saved. And they were brothers, so he gave it to them to take back home. And at the beginning of the week, Alan had mentioned, like, I don't know what God is going to do because... Um, the Sundance was happening, so we thought we would be really slow at our site, and, um, there, the Sundance was earlier, and we were later, and it was weird that it still, you know, happened that we were on the same week, and, uh, those two boys from Colorado were only there because they were in town for the Sundance, so God really worked big in that situation. You kind of took half of mine, but that's okay. No, I, I just, I, I, you think missionaries are the ones with great trust and faith, but I, the, the, the weeks and days before, I constantly was worrying exactly about that. Sundance, the same week as our VBS, what if we have all these team come, teams come and then there's no kids? Well, God sure showed me that he can be trusted, and I'm so thankful that he, he more kids than last year even. God is so good. And for me, it was also very special. I was at the same site as last year as the local contact. And there were kids that recognized me and other team leaders from the years before to see them come running and give you a hug and to just be willing to hang out with you and build those relationships. It was beautiful. That's just what God does.
I was at the same site as Shanna, and the part about the boys was really amazing. But then another thing I saw was the acceptance of the lesson with the kids. I thought that because we had a ton of little kids at our site that they would just want to go play on the playground and not really want to pay attention. But instead, they chose to sit during the lesson and really pay attention. And then the other thing was all the connections we made. It was like the first day, we all just clicked with some kids, and it was amazing. I was a local contact at one of the locations for the first time. And my God moment was watching this 11-year-old boy. He came and was super interested in what we were doing, in all the fun. But whenever it came to uh, the Bible lesson, it was like, nah, I'm not a baby. I don't need that. And God put that boy on my heart, and I just prayed for him throughout the week. And watching him on the last day, not only sitting there for the Bible lesson, but actually participating and then having one of the students um, pray for him afterward, uh, it just touched my heart. God's the one who, who changes hearts. I was at the same site as Miriam, Charlie Town, for a third year in a row, so that was pretty cool. And uh, one of the days I was walking, one of the kids that had been there the previous year's home, and it came up that God loves him, and it was really cute because he was all like, I love God and my mommy. So it was just, <laughs> it was cool to see that in him. Uh, I'm Henry. I was over at the new site over at Beaver Creek. Um, and we averaged about seven, eight kids. Uh, and one day, uh, it was like each day there was like one kid that needed somebody to just to talk to and one of the girls always stepped up and went, in, went off and talked to them over on the playground or something um, and it was really cool just seeing her connect with all of those kids and all of the other people at our site connect with the kid um, and I think we have like three kids at our site except Jesus five oh wow that's a lot Hi. <laughs> Hi. Okay. Um, I was at, I'm Brooks. I was over at Mill Creek. It was, it was really cool. Um, seeing all the kids, their intentionality to the lesson. And, uh, <clears throat> and how happy they were to be there. And, <clears throat> and how, uh, it was really cool. How they wanted to listen, most of them. And, uh, yeah, and uh, I really connected with this kid named Tokea. Uh, he was, <clears throat> and uh, he was one of the kids who raised their hands and prayed the prayer, and accepted Jesus. <clears throat> and it was it was really cool seeing the kids grow in, uh, grow in relationship with God, <clears throat> and accept Jesus. And yeah. Okay. Stacy is in nursery today, but she wrote a little <laughs> story for us. Um, so if I can read her handwriting, this is from Stacy. <laughs> she says, watching kids enjoy being loved on was priceless. One child said almost every day, you are all so kind. 
two things where I saw God work was uh, listening of one teen who had been in multiple, oh, the testimony of one teen who had been in multiple foster homes. Seemed the children were definitely tuned into her testimony. Another was preparing to give her testimony, his testimony, uh, when another teen bowed and prayed over him to prepare. That was beautiful. Even the leader was surprised to see it. Thank you. Um, the one thing I was going to share was um, just an encouragement that I saw at the beginning of the week. Uh, we hadn't even started VBS yet, um, but when we went out in teams to just knock on doors and invite kids, um, which I know was a stretch for a lot of our teens, and they did a beautiful job. Um, but we knocked on one door, and uh, an older gentleman came to the door, and he clearly didn't have kids, but our teens did their spiel and talked to him. Um, and he just like, kept engaging them in conversation, obviously wanted someone to talk to. And our teens were just so gracious in showing him love and talking to him. And then um, when we were moving to walk away, he was about to come down his stairs, and his trunk was full of groceries. And our teens offered to help him with his groceries, so they carried his groceries up the stairs for him and talked to him a little more and just made his day. And that was just beautiful to see that they were willing to serve where we were needed, even though it wasn't necessarily what they were here for. Finally, get to Trout Creek. If you can get ba go back to the picture, I didn't know they took that, but if you can back to the picture with me, yeah, thank you. Because you see the T-shirt I was wearing uh, as a local contact, I was responsible to contact the adults, the parents as well, and of course, because of Sundance over in Trout Creek last year, they had four children, right? So we, we had backup plan B and C in case, you know, but already the first day we had uh, 12 children there. And then, of course, Wednesday, when the families go and uh, set up their huts on the Sundance grounds, suddenly there was nobody, and we had three kids left, and it was kind of a little bit bored, you know, nobody around. And then the track, uh, trash truck came through, and the driver saw my T-shirt, and he stopped, and he came over, and we talked together. So every time I go out, we go out, we pray for divine appointments, and that was one of those. Okay. And the other one was over on the other side of Trout Creek. There were two houses. And uh, they didn't really belong to the settlement. But we figured out we should go and invite because we've seen there were some kids playing there the days before. And the first house uh, was a mother who used to be in our sunshine club and Bible camps. <laughs> and I realized most of these kids, there were my grandchildren in the ministry. That is pretty cool because those parents wanted their kids to experience the same thing and learn the Bible. And the other house was a father with uh, three children. And he said he'd come over. But usually when they say that, they don't. So if he can't take them, they usually don't come. But uh, the last, second last day, I think that was, he did come over with his kids. And so he stayed in the truck. And I went over to him and talked to him. And he looked at me and he said, you know, um, I, I take care of the kids because my wife died two years ago and it's so hard. And I looked at him and said, my wife died last year ago. I know what you're going through. And he just started crying. 
I just like these kind of divine appointments. How can you put those two together? If I would have been on another team, for example, you know, God just does these things. And that's what we praise him for. Yeah, he took a Bible too and said he wanted to start go to Bible study at the Charlie Town. Last but not least, right? <laughs> um, I got to go out two different days. Um, and one of the things uh, that first really uh, impressed me is how well the students were trained to work with kids. Plus, they had a real heart for kids, too. I mean, it was obvious. They each had their, their gifts, and, um, you know, the kids came, and they felt very natural to be with, with strangers. <laughs> and it was just awesome to see that. Um, I happened to go with Dammy those two days and uh, out to Shipton Lane, and one of the things I saw, too, is how her teaching abilities came out, her teaching abilities, and wanted to be with those kids and wanted to work with them, too. And we had a little boy. Uh, how old was he? I forgot. Was he two or three? Three. Seemingly all by himself, he had a little truck that he could lean over and just push all over. I mean, he drove everywhere, ran over everybody. Uh, but he was there every day. And, um, you know, you know he's getting something in there. And there's other little kids that came and, you know, they just got loved on and those kids loved that. So the first thing is the training of the, of the students that came. The second is the organization of the whole week how things just run smooth. And I want to give Alan and Miriam uh, credit for that, as well as anybody else that was all involved with your planning there. Okay. And, uh, and then and I, I'd like to give credit to the folks that came from different states, how organized and polite the kids were there, too. So that's what I noticed, and, and God works in all of that. Great way. So. so that's maybe like uh, one ten thousandth of what we could talk about, um, especially as you add all the other people. But, but you know, like I'm just going to follow up, finish up with this, uh, these two thoughts. One, like Kim said, this is the church of tomorrow, but I want to just take that to the next level. These kids are the church of today, and they're the leaders of tomorrow. And so keep praying for them. Keep mentoring. Keep discipling them. Keep, keep teaching them in the gospel. Um, the other thing is is just kind of a continued challenge is, you know, um, one of the, the, the churches from Minnesota, they had a prayer team during the whole week of 53 prayer warriors that prayed for us every day. And we felt so spiritually uh, protected by God. And um, so just, just let's, church, um, this is our whole challenge. Let's be the prayer warriors and the servers for the gospel, not just this last week, not just with a, a few up front, but we can do that across the board to serve God and see many people come to Christ where they can find the hope and the joy and the peace that we humans need, the forgiveness, the cleansing of sin, 
the, the, the slate wiped clean. That's good news, and we can do that as the church. So thank you guys for your time and for listening for all of that. We appreciate you so much and for sending us and being a part of it in so many different ways. God bless you guys. Hey, before you guys go, let's, let's pray. Let's just pray over the work that they did, over the people that they impacted. And we'll pray over the next year because we're excited to do this again as many times as God gives us um, an opportunity. So I'm just going to pray. Lord Jesus, I pray over this team and over the teams of, uh, that, that had come. Lord, I pray that as they walk away, as they remember what you did that week, Lord, that it would challenge them to live on mission as your church for the rest of their life, God, that they would live on mission and that we would be challenged to live on mission, Lord Jesus. We pray that you would mobilize your church as you did that week. Lord, we also pray for those who came to Christ. Lord, we pray that you would put mentors and disciplers in their path and in their, in their life, that they might be trained in the way of the Lord. And so, God, we pray over every person that professed faith and everyone that came that didn't. Lord, we pray for their salvation. God, that there would be a movement of young, young people all over the reservation and Fremont County, God, that would be coming to faith. And Lord, we just pray in anticipation of that occurrence in your powerful movement. Thanks for these, this team. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. God is good. Amen. Oh, I love to see the testimony of what God is doing, what he's doing in and through our church. And by the way, that is church, isn't it? That is church. When the people of God go out as the, the hands and the feet of Jesus to this world, there is power in that. And so we, uh, as, as I, we just jump right in, I want to give you just a quick run through of what we're, where we've been, where we're going, and then we're going to jump into uh, a few what we call the one another's. Okay? So everybody say that with me. One another's. Now look cautiously at each other like that might mean the person next to you, okay? So we're going to dive in. Um, I'm just going to pray real quick. Lord Jesus, we pray for your help as we pursue as a people to be your church. God, that we would be your hands, your feet, that we would love one another with the love, God, that you showed us and that you give us for each other. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, well, hey, church, we've been going through this summer kind of our vision or what the scriptures tell us is our role as a church. We know that we are to be a church that, go, that goes and makes disciples. Yes, that's the Great Commission, the very purpose of the church. Say it with me because I'm going to keep repeating it until that's all you hear from me. When I stand up, you're going to be like, go make disciples, Shane. We get it, okay? So let's say it together. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, and teaching them all to obey all that I commanded you. So that is the great commission. That is our call as a church. And how we do that, according to scriptures, is one, we need to be a people of the book. We need to know our Bibles. We need to know the Word of God. Right now, we're going through community. We want to learn how to be the community of God. And you guys see, I still have my fire pit up here. 
And when we talk about being the community of God, we all come together as different people from different backgrounds for the warmth and the light of Christ. And as we look around in our gathering, just like a campfire, you see people across the way, don't you? That's how we become a church, that we pursue Christ in such a way that it brings us together. And that's where the differences between us begin to start to fade away because the thing that unites us is who? And so we learned last week that it's Jesus alone that brings us together as a church, as a church. And so we are talking, church, about the one another. So here are the prescriptions for how we become the church We know there are over 50 in the New Testament. These are prescriptions for how the church should be. And with the idea that when we look at the one another's, God is not asking us to do something that he hasn't himself displayed and actually done for us and to us. Okay? And so um, one, one of the verses that would give us that context is this, 1 John 4, 19. If you got your Bibles, 1 John 4, 19. 1 John 4.19. I love hearing those pages turn, and I see some of the warm glow of those devices on your faces. I'm going to read 1 John 4.19 through 21 says this. We love because he first He first, underline first, or circle first in your Bible. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must love his brother. This passage teaches us the secret to, uh, if you've ever just tried to choose to love, um, love people, it's not that easy, is it? We're a mixed bag. It's hard to love one another, isn't it? It is hard. We, we bring all kinds of baggage into it, so it's, it's difficult. But there's this thing that sets us free to love like we couldn't love before, and that is experiencing the very love of God first. Okay? And so if you've got a love problem, if you look around at humanity and you're like, I don't like those people. None of us ever say that, right? then the issue might not just be horizontal, as I say, or earthly love, but it's, it's that we need to be connected to the love that comes from God the Father first, because we have in this passage, we love because he first loved us. See, there's a kind of love that God gives us that is not like human love. Human love tends to be conditional, doesn't it? But there's this sense that God's love is different. It's other than. And so here we're going to jump through what are some aspects of how we can learn to be the church based on what God has done for us. This last weekend, me and the elders, we went and uh, they agreed to jump in a camper with me and go and camp and pray and pray for our church and to think about what is the mission and the vision. Why do we exist as a church? 
And while we were there, Randy was, uh, was generous enough to teach us all how to gold pan. And uh, I've never gold panned before, right? So, so I had to watch the last weekend. Randy took me and my kids out, and he's showing us how to do it. And I sit with him, and I'm watching him how to do it. And then I start doing it, and he goes, that's a terrible job. Here, just give me that plate. You know, and he starts to show me, like, this is how you separate it. I had no idea that that's how you gold pan. I didn't know. And so as Randy's showing me this, I'm, I'm learning, and I realized that, that I had to see it first before I could start doing it. And then this last weekend, we got to go out with some of the elders, and, and I, was like, I was like, check it out. I know what I'm doing. I'm on time two of gold panning. I knew what I was doing a little better. Like there was still a lot of, that I probably left in the creek, let's be honest. Um, but there's this idea for us that God role models for us how to be a church. And then he gives us these one another passages. So I'm going to roll through. We're going to go through eight of these. And it starts with this peace and harmony. It starts with peace and harmony. I'm going to show you some different passages. It, the scriptures tell us to be at peace with one another, Mark 9:50. They tell us, the scriptures tell us, Romans 12:16, to live in harmony with one another. And to live in harmony with one another again in 1 Peter 3, 8. And so there's this sense that, um, and the word peace there is shalom, or shalom, if many of you may have heard it. You've ever heard that? Shalom means peace. But I want to ask, is peace the absence of conflict? Are we ever going to be able to be without conflict with one another? No, but see, there's this sense that peace means to be at harmony or in a state of good relations with one another, in good standing. Have you ever disagreed with a, with a good friend and still like them? Right, so there's this sense that that's the peace that the Bible calls us to. By the way, did you know that we at one point were enemies of God? And we did not have peace with God. That was everybody here at one point in our lives was an enemy of God. But by faith in Jesus Christ, you were given right relationship or peace and harmony with God through Jesus Christ alone. That's the gospel. And so here we see Jesus models. What is it? Peace and harmony means restored relationship or to be in good standing. It's a bit more than just tolerating each other, but it means to be in good standing. So the church is called to have peace and harmony with one another, okay? Next, we are called to serve. We've seen this, John 13, 14. What did Jesus do with his disciples? It was shocking. He got down on his knees and he washed his disciples' feet. And we started doing this uh, at our Monday Thursday service um, before Easter. But we wash one another's feet. The principle there, I don't suggest you run around with a rag grabbing people's feet and washing them. It might be kind of awkward for both you and other people. But the principle there that Jesus was saying is that I serve you, so you must then serve one another. You must serve 
one another. And so we have wash one another's feet. We have in Galatians 5.13, serve one another in love. Have you ever served somebody not in love? <laughs> How's that experience? Like angry the whole time. I'm so glad to be doing this for you. How many of you have been served like that? I know you have because I've been to some of the fast food joints here. It's like, here's your burger. Thanks for coming. Thank you. This will taste good. You know, like that's our interaction. The church shouldn't be like that. If you feel like you have to come and you have to serve, maybe what if we phrased it more like we get to come and we get to serve? Did you see these people up here? They were a little nervous to share. But you know what? I bet you every one of them signs up for next year because they got to serve. They got to serve one another. They got to serve in Jesus' name. So we serve one another. That is a one another in the church. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. And you heard uh, Elder Ray. I'm going to call him Elder Ray just because it makes him uncomfortable. <laughs> and talk about how everybody has a different gift. Not everybody has a gift to come up and, and to share like I do. Some people are mechanics. Some people can swing a hammer. Some people can be present with other people. And, and so there are different gifts that each one of us have, but we get to serve each other with those giftings. Do you bring the best gifting that you have here to serve one another as brothers and sisters of Christ? That is a challenge. That is a command of Christ for us to be the church. You bring the best of your gifting to serve one another, to serve one another. Do you serve the church? By the way, it's not the building, can we? It's not the building, it's the, the people of God who have, every believer everywhere is the church. And so how do we pour out our giftings for one another? How do we pour out our giftings on one another? Here we go. This, uh, John 15, 12 through 13, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. Has Jesus done that for us? He laid down his life. And so we are to be, as the church, have this attitude that I, and by the way, sometimes I think it's hard for us in terms to think about, well, I would give my life if it was a crisis. But I'm certainly not going to serve this person because it's going to make me uncomfortable. Anybody have that dialogue? In your head, you're like, oh man, if it was a crisis or if it was one of those points and I would be able to push that person out of the way and take the bus for them. Well, then how come you can't bend down and wash their feet? There's that sense of love that we give. It's a sacrificial love, isn't it? Sometimes it means we sacrifice for one another. We love one another, John 13, 34. We love one another John, uh, in John multiple times. Love one another, John 35. Love one another, John 15, 12. Are you picking up a theme here? We love one another, John 15, 17. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love, Romans 12, 10. Usually, hey, quick secret, like when I'm really repetitive with my kids and I'm giving them, uh, you know, uh, something to do and I, I repeat it often, it usually means it's very important. The Bible's kind of like that. Then when God has something very important for us, he repeats it over and over. So be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Make your love 
increase and overflow for each other. That's 1 Thessalonians 3.12. And so this idea that we've experienced the love of Christ, we must then turn around and pour that love into one another. And by the way, it should be ever-increasing, increasing in our love, not decreasing. Notice anybody over time kind of, you've heard the, the phrase, I fell out of love. You heard that? The call of the Bible is to press into Jesus so much that your love never stops increasing. I want you to think about that. The closer we press into Christ, vertical relationship, what does that do to our relationships? You develop and experience a love that you never thought you could have had for other people. I'm naturally and fleshly a very selfish person. But it seems like the more I press into Christ, the more I begin to develop this love for people that I never thought I had the capacity for. Anybody there? So that's love. Love one another. Oh, it continues. Romans 13, 8. Love one another deeply from the heart. I, I was thinking about that. Love one another deeply from the heart. And it's like not from your foot. Um, love from the heart. But there's this, the, the meaning behind that, the heart is the sincerity. You ever had somebody say, I love you? And you're like, no, you don't. So here the Bible calls us to a sincere love of one another. It's sincere, it's not faked. Love each other deeply, 1 Peter 4, 8. Are you picking up that theme? We need to be a church that loves one another in the same way that Christ has loved us. And we see there, by the way, in love that uh, there's a sense in the passage in Thessalonians, if you read 1 Thessalonians 3, 12 through 13, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all. So this is Paul praying for the Thessalonians. As we do for you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. There's a sense, brothers and sisters, that how we love one another is directly connected to our holiness. Did you see that connection? Love one another, and it says, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God. There is a sense that our holiness is directly connected to our love. Directly connected. So, love one another. Honor one another. So that means to make much of, to respect highly. I want you to see this. Here's another one another. Honor one another above yourself, Romans 12.10. Outdo one another in showing honor or speaking highly of others. How many of us, when we get together, we like to talk about more of the negative parts to the people in our life? You ever have that habit? When you get with somebody you're comfortable with, it's like, okay, now I can finally complain and grumble about this person in my life. I've been waiting for this moment. But we as the church, uh, I think about this uh, with my, my wife. We've done premarital counseling. And uh, one of the things that we learned in our premarital counseling, and this doesn't matter how much you want to complain about your spouse, you never, ever, ever, ever complain to other people about your spouse. Because that creates a, a bad norm, doesn't it? 
But instead, and you'll hear this from Pastor Shane, I'm not going to ever, you're never not going to hear me speak poorly about my wife. And because um, there's this sense that we honor each other, we talk each other up, we see what's good in one another, and we talk those things because we show each other honoring, honor. We speak highly of each other. Do you see the problem in the church today? It's this thing called cynicism. This thing called cynicism. Or we talk negatively about one another. We talk negatively about the church. I hope you guys know I brag about you all the time. And I am very blessed by how amazing this church is, my brothers and sisters. In humility, consider one another, uh, consider others better than yourselves. Philippians 2, 3. Consider uh, others as better than yourselves. Here's what that, that means. There was a college pastor that I knew one time, and every retreat we had, I noticed something about him. He would rush to the front of the food line because he thought he was more important than other people, and he would rush to the front of the line all the time, and he would push his way up there, and he would always get food first, and he'd get the best of the best, and that put such a bad taste in my mouth. Because it was like, no, I want, I want, you, you guys are going to see this. I have a quirk. I have to be the last in line, and I will fight you for it. Some of you, I have thumb wrestled you for the back of the line. Because there's this sense that I want you, church, to know you're more important than my self-interest. You're more important than my self-interest or me getting what I want. Clothe yourself with humility towards one another. Humility, by the way, is a right view of self. Um, there we go. Do not slander one another. James 4, 11, do not slander one another. Could we and do we have negative things that we could share about one another? If you're a family, you know the dirt, don't you? If you're a family, you know the dirt. You know the worst parts. God bless my wife. She knows the absolute worst parts of, of Pastor Shane. But, but we don't slander one another because we know each other well. When you come together, eat, wait for each other. Again, considering uh, there it is in Scripture, others is more important than yourselves. Stop passing judgment on one another is actually a, a passage in Scripture as well. Romans 14, 13 says, Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or a hindrance in the way, excuse me, of a brother. And this means help a brother out instead of just looking over there and saying, there's kind of the Southern culture that's like, oh, God bless their heart. You know what I'm saying? It's like, they'll say the name and they'll say, oh, God bless them. And it's kind of this way of like, if they would just do life like I would do it, it would be better for them. Is that kind of passing judgment? Yeah. But instead of having that kind of that attitude again, that sense of humility that we would help a brother out instead of look down upon a brother or sister. Let's keep going here. So that's Romans 14, 13. We are to welcome and accept one another. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Welcome one another. Or some of your translations will say, accept one another. Then just as Christ accepted you. And I love that Shannon took the verse uh, in worship today 
uh, just right out of my notes, that it was while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So how did Christ accept us? Well, we were at our worst spot. And so there's this sense then that we as brothers and sisters, we need to accept one another, bring and welcome one another with that idea that Christ accepted us. Now, he didn't leave us the same, did he? Christ doesn't leave us the same, but he does welcome with open arms, doesn't he? So we welcome and we accept one another, Romans 15, 7. Another challenge one another's is we teach. We all have something to give one another. Um, we all have a unique relationship with God. You're the only you that there is. There's only, there's only one, Pastor Shane. Thank goodness for that, amen? You wouldn't want to. That would be awful. But there's this sense that you have a unique gifting and knowledge that God has given you. You have a unique perspective that if you press into your relationship with Jesus, you have something to teach. You have something to offer. It's not just the educated that ought to be teaching in our church. By the way, did you know the disciples were known as uneducated men? Some were educated. Paul was highly educated. But they were fishermen. So we to teach, able to instruct one another, Romans 15, 14. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing. Admonishing actually means correction uh, there, but one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. By the way, did you know part of instructing one another is how we sing? Have I ever told you this? How many sermons have I already preached that you're like, I can't remember a single thing that you've said? But there's a song that one of our praise teams have sung that just will never part from your heart. There's a powerful teaching in how we worship through song, isn't there? How many of you have landed on those truths in a song that has come to your head? There's a very powerful idea that when we're singing to one another, we're singing to the Lord, but we're also teaching and admonishing one another through song. Isn't that a cool picture? All right, let's go. Um, so that's Colossians 3.16. And I want to finish there with us today. We've got some more one another's to go over in the weeks to come. Church, I realize that some of these things are very basic. Did you expect to see your, your pastor get up and say, love one another? That's not a hair-blowing truth or a hair-raising truth, but can you imagine if we actually did what we said? Can you imagine if we pressed into our relationship in such a way that we, even just those eight that we just went through, that we went all in in those areas with one another? Like, I want to see guys wrestling with me at the end of the line. You know what I'm saying? What if we did that as a church, that we were just falling over each other to serve one another? Well, what, what would happen? I think the gospel blows up from there. When the world sees the people of God not just glazing over at these simple commands, but practicing them. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to pray for you, but I want you to think about I told the elders 
that I was going to get them all a Christmas gift, and it was going to be a fire pit. But kind of with that idea that, brothers and sisters, we need to have campfires together. Literal campfires, but also figurative campfires. Don't have any campfires in your living room. Let us come together for the warmth and the light of Christ, and let us live with each other in the light of Christ. Can we do that, church? Okay. Lord Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters here that you would embolden us, God, to live out what you have given to us. And Lord Jesus, I know these truths are not new, but God, I pray that that we as a church would be able to press into them in such a way that they would be new. And I pray that in Jesus' name, amen. Hey guys, just a, a couple of things as you go, speaking of love and going out as the church, you have in your bulletins a little flyer for our uh, Good News Club. Here's my challenge. Are you ready? Go in the boldness of Christ. I want you to pray and think about one family or kiddo that you can give that flyer to and invite them to come and be a part of that Good News Club. Can we do that? If every person here, by the way, invites somebody personally, and don't all invite my kids, because they're already invited, so they're off limits, okay? But if we all went out and invited, man, what would happen? So each of you take one of those flyers, pray that God would give you an opportunity to give those to somebody. Um, Secondly, um, just a a couple of housekeeping things. Our library, we're doing something new with this this area here, and so I just want to open it up to you if any of you are interested in grabbing a few books out of that library. You're like, oh man, I really love this book. Go ahead and feel free to do that. You don't have to pull it and then stick it under your shirt and run out. Just know that you can keep it. Um, and then also, if there's anybody interested in the pews, um, in, in the wood from the pews or anything like that, um, we can come talk to me and we can see about getting those uh, to you, okay? Hey, go love one another, okay? In Jesus' name. <laughs>